Chapter 9 of Energy and Vibration. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Matthew Reese. Nature's Miracles, Volume 2 Energy and Vibration by Elisha Gray. Chapter 9 Noise and Music. In the preceding chapters we have considered sound only from the standpoint of a single pulsation. We will now consider it in its composite character. It is rarely, if ever, that a sound impulse is transmitted singly. If we watch a water wave, we never see it alone. Smaller waves are superposed on the larger ones, and yet still smaller ones on the next larger, and so on. This phase of the subject will be discussed under the head of overtones farther along. We have now to consider the physical distinction, outside of ourselves, between noise and music. We know the distinction as a sensation. Everyone does. We know that noise is irritating to the nerves, producing a series of unpleasant and irregular shocks. The more irregular and disjointed the sounds are, the more unpleasant the sensations. All have experienced the unpleasant effect of an irregular flickering light. If we could see the moving mechanism of these irregular sound waves, they would affect us unpleasantly through two avenues to the brain, namely, through the eye, as well as the ear. If we should throw a lot of nails, scraps of metal, stones, and other hard substances into a barrel and roll it, we should hear noise of a very unpleasant kind. But if we could arrange these noises or irregular sound impulses into a certain order of succession, we should have musical tones instead that would be pleasing to the ear. Musical sounds are certain sound impulses that are repeated in a certain order of succession. The time between the successive sound impulses must be the same. There must be perfect periodicity. For instance, a certain string of the piano, called middle C, vibrates at the rate of 256 times per second when struck with the key hammer corresponding to it. In England, a vibration is a movement to and fro. In France, it is one movement, either to or fro. Every vibration makes an air wave that moves out into space at the rate, as we have seen, of about 1,100 feet per second. These vibrations are divided into equal periods, and they succeed each other at the rate of 256 times per second. Therefore, the time between one sound wave and another is one 256th part of a second. If we should take one of the pieces of metal out of the barrel referred to, and tap it at the rate of 40 times per second on the side of the barrel, and have all the taps exactly one-fortieth of a second in time apart, you would hear, instead of a noise, a musical tone. If a locomotive should puff 40 or 50 or more times per second, and in equal periods, it would announce itself with a musical tone of wonderful power. If the clap of thunder spoken of in a previous chapter should be repeated from a succession of clouds that were near enough together and exactly the same distance apart, Instead of the rumbling, explosive sounds we hear, we should experience the sensation of a musical tone transcending in power anything that we can imagine. If the noises of the streets of a city could be arranged in order, we might have from them orchestral music instead of disjointed and disagreeable sounds. I once stood under the long arch of an aqueduct some miles above Washington City on the Potomac. The structure was that of a long, low arch made of cut stone. The stones were of equal thickness and at the joints they were beveled so as to form a v-shaped groove from two to three inches deep 
standing under and at one end of the arch, one side of all the grooves were facing me and formed sound reflecting surfaces. I clapped my hands together to get the echo from the abutment at the opposite end, and was surprised to hear first a musical tone of short duration, and then a complete reproduction of the sound as I heard it when I clapped my hands. The explanation is simple when we consider the nature of the structure. The reflecting surfaces were equidistant from each other, and therefore the echoes came back to me in rapid succession of equal periods, at the rate of one hundred or more per second. Hence the musical tone. Sounds of all kinds may be rendered musical by following the law laid down in this chapter, to wit, by making them with perfect periodicity. But there are different phases of musical sounds, and one of these is called pitch. Pitch is simply the rate of vibration per second of a musical tone. Some of the largest organ pipes are pitched as low as 16 vibrations per second. The ear can distinguish the separate pulsations at that low rate, but when the vibrations reach the rate of 30 or 40 per second, they cannot be distinguished separately, but produce the sensation of a continuous sound. The ear has the quality of the eye, that is called persistence of vision. The conscious sensation does not stop as soon as the external air vibrations do, which have produced that sensation. That is, the sensation lingers for a fraction of a second after the external sound has ceased. This persistence of sound sensation is sufficient to bridge over the short space occurring between the sound pulsations, and thus produces the effect on the hearer of continuous sound. The air is so constructed as to take all tones between 16 vibrations per second and from 30,000 to 40,000 per second. Some ears have greater range than others. That is to say, some people can hear a musical tone with a rate of vibration equal to 40,000 per second, but others fail to hear soon after 30,000, while the average person cannot hear a tone above 38,000 vibrations per second. Motion does not stop at this limit. It keeps on in one medium or another, and would be sensible to other beings endowed with a better and longer range of hearing, and a keener sight. While vibration ceases to affect our senses at 40,000 per second, as sound, we find ourselves conscious again of periodic motion when it reaches 400,000 billions of times per second. Then we hear with our eyes, or see with our ears, whichever you choose. The sensation is, in all cases, the effect of motion. There is much food for speculation in the thought that there exist sound waves that no ear can hear, and color waves of light that no eye can see. The, to us, Long, dark, soundless space between 40,000 and 400 trillion vibrations per second, and the infinity of range beyond 700 trillion, where light ceases in the universe of motion, makes it possible to indulge in the speculation that there may be beings who live in different planes from ourselves, and who are endowed with sense organs like our own, only they are tuned to hear and see in a different sphere of motion. End of chapter 9 Recording by Matthew Rees Davenport, Iowa